everyone to another exciting edition of what should we watch with Kaini. I'm Kay. I'm Stewie. Were you making fun of me? I don't think so. The the swelling welcome is my thing. Oh well I didn't know it was your thing. I was just trying something new. Oh well it sounded I great. I was vulnerable. Ooh vulnerable? <laughs> That's my thing too. <laughs> I said vulnerable. Vulnerable? Not vulnerable. See, That's how I, you say it. I don't know how to say it because you make me so Vulnerable. Anyway, but welcome back to another edition <laughs> of K and E. We're losing what should it. we watch? We are losing it. We are losing it. We want to thank you all for joining us for another fun edition. Mm -hmm. We also want to thank everybody who has joined us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all our posts. And thank you for listening to all of our previous episodes. Yeah. If you haven't caught up on all of our episodes, we are fast approaching our 20th episode. What? And shame on you. Shame on you for not watching or mm -hmm. listening well you can't watch so there's no shame to be had there <laughs> but what you should do is before we get to our bonus 21st episode you should go listen to all of our previous episodes from the ghostbusters episode till the next episode i suppose this isn't we're not at episode 20 yet but yes. okay anyway so it was your turn to pick k which movie are we gonna watch we are going to watch The Big Lebowski. Mm -hmm. The Dude Abides. The Dude Abides. So if you haven't watched it, feel free to pause us, go grab it, enjoy, and come back. We'll be right back. Mm. And we are back. That's a pretty long movie. It feels long, but you pointed out it's actually shorter than that horrid Fifty Shades of Grey we watched last time. <laughs> Which was my first note. I put, now this is a movie Universal Studios could get behind. Nice, nice. Well, it's a Coen Brothers film, and I always mm -hmm. feel like when I watch a Coen Brothers movie, they have like this, inst like an Instagram filter on it. Everything just looks so much brighter. Not brighter, but more vibrant. Well, I'm thinking of... No Country for Old Men and Oh Brother Where Art Thou and those movies like appear very dull but that does go along with your Instagram they just do the they like Siphon have, yeah they filter. have like a, a filter on it like they don't there's just a way you can tell you're watching a Coen Brothers movie. oh yeah every every piece of this mm -hmm. movie particularly and a lot of their movies whether it's their dramas their comedies yeah. there's just something behind it Especially the dialogue, which yes. we'll come to talk about in this film. And the characters, which we'll come to talk about in this film. Yes. And Art, the plot. <laughs> it's all about repetition. Which, speaking of characters, can I just say that they have the top two voices ever in this movie? Well, one I'm going to guess is obviously Steve Buscemi's voice. Oh, but... <laughs> no. Obviously, it's Sam Elliott. And then Jeff Bridges, I think, has a good voice, too. Oh, yeah. Like, they couldn't pick... Two more iconic voices. Once we enter into this movie, if you haven't seen it, before we go on talking about it, spoilers for anybody who haven't seen The Big Lebowski, you should go watch it. Mm -hmm. But uh, we'll, we'll come to that review session later. Anyway, at the beginning of this movie, we are introduced to, number one, the interesting soundtrack that this movie has with the song Tumbleweed, and then the narration of Sam Elliott, mm -hmm. that sultry tone of Sam Elliott. <laughs> Oh, love it. Makes me feel all tingly inside. I felt more 
tingly inside. Just hearing Sam Elliott's just voice hearing Sam's than we Elliott ever voice. did watching Fifty Shades yes, of Grey. Yes, exactly. Exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Maybe if Fifty Shades of Grey was an audiobook read by Sam Elliott. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'd be down for that. I'd be down for that. Any audiobook. He's got to get into that market if yes, he's not very already. True. Morgan Friedman did, so why isn't he? Anyway, we digress. But we're introduced to the dude. The dude. Jeff Lebowski. I like how they didn't go too far to name him. That it's just Jeffrey Bridges is right. Jeff we Lebowski. We have a last name. We're just not sure. The Coen brothers actually based him off of a guy who basically helped them upstart. Mm. And the character, the dude, which was this man's nickname, who helped the Coen brothers get their start in movie production, he actually kind of had this the dude lifestyle that he had. Yeah. So it's kind of loosely based on him. And an interesting fact about the Coen brothers, whenever they write a script, they will write a, like part of the script and then set it aside and go on to another project. And this one in particular, they when they were writing it, they had four actors specifically already casted for this movie. Yeah. Could you guess which four actors they had? Jeff Bridges? Mm-hmm. John Goodman? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John Goodman. Yeah, John Goodman. I should have made this a trivia question. I but the last two are Stevie Buscemi and Sam Elliott. Okay. So they wanted the four of them. Mm-hmm. And when they wrote the script, they had the four of them in mind to make this. So when it came to actually starting to film the movie, mm-hmm. they were like, all right, we got this script. And then Jeff Bridges and John Goodman weren't available. John no! Go- Goodman was recording uh, Roseanne episodes yeah. and Jeff Bridges was making another film. So they were like, okay, I guess we'll do this other script. How about Fargo? And so the movie <gasps> oh, Fargo came out first. Came out first because they have like parts of scripts sitting around and they're just like, eh, how about this one? But Big Lebowski to them was kind of something a little bit special. Yeah. So they held it for a specific time. Oh, that's so smart because I couldn't imagine anybody else in those roles. Mm-hmm. But the whole premise of the movie, and this kind of, I have a couple notes that I want to take a ride in their minds because the whole premise for this film is two people who have the same name. So there's two Jeffrey Lebowskis. One is the dude, and one is the, well, you think is a philanthropist. Stumbled over that one. one. <laughs> and, you know, a very rich individual. But it's a it's a story of of mistaken identity and somebody pees on a rug. Yes. And it's that is just the that's, catalyst. That's what this whole movie somebody is about. Somebody peed on a rug. And I wrote that note specifically about how this whole movie was established before the opening credits even started mm-hmm. with this movie's all about a rug that was peed on. I know. And I just, I wonder, it's such a bizarre concept to build an entire movie script around. But how creative is that? I feel like that's just the moment where they're sitting there throwing out like what if questions. Like what if, and then someone peed on a rug. Done. We have a movie. It's kind of like a butterfly effect kind of film right? if you think about it. <laughs> but you know, the first time we see the dude is in the grocery store and he's buying his precious half and half for his Caucasians, which are right <laughs> white Russians. We've all been there. Like, we have all been there in a grocery store. He's wearing slides, comfy shorts, a dirty t-shirt, and a robe and sunglasses. <laughs> We've all been there? I I, yeah. I really don't think I've ever gone that far. <laughs> I've been there. I've wanted to. I have been there. <laughs> Just, like, zero f- to give. And when he goes up to the register and he writes that check, 
I first of all had a bit of nostalgia just thinking. Writing checks at a grocery store. Do yeah. you remember that? Oh, yeah. Back oh, in yeah. those days before credit cards. But did you notice the price of the half and half was? No. It was 69 cents. Ayo. That's a sex number. <laughs> anyway, once he leaves that grocery store, the plot starts when he's just sitting there hanging out. Minding his own business. Minding his own business, being the dude. And then those dudes storm in and they start waterboarding him in the toilet. Which, can I just say, I've never experienced that before in my life, but to me, that is terrifying. Because not only are you being drowned, but you're being humiliated in a toilet. So as he's getting the swirly, still cool as a cucumber, as they're yelling at him, where's the money, Lebowski? My One of my favorite lines. When he pulls him out for a second, he's just like, where's the money, head? Jeff Bridges is just, or the dude is like, oh, here, let me go down there and look one more time. I think it's somewhere down there. Yeah, I think it's somewhere I down there. I love that. That's so smart. I think it's down there. Let me look one more time. He has so many great lines oh at the very gosh. beginning of this because they start figuring out, putting two and two together, that this dude isn't the millionaire Lebowski that they're looking for mm-hmm. based on his surroundings. But before they realize that, one of the goons pees on the rug. And he's so upset. That that's like his favorite and that's, yeah, rug. That's, that's the first thing he gets upset about. It's the rug. And when the one goon picks up the bowling ball. Yes, and he's like, "What is this?" And his line is, "Obviously, you're not a golfer." <laughs> Every time I see this movie, those two lines. I don't know. I think it's somewhere back. Let me go back down there and look. And then obviously you're not a golfer makes I I laugh out loud every time. So good. And that's even before the opening credits. Well, we already know that the dude is not rich, that the dude loves white Russian beverages, the dude loves his rug, and then the dude loves, you watch? The dude. The bowling. Bowling. Uh. Which the first thing I wrote down, I hate bowling. (laughs) (laughs) I really do. Which this this is, um, I feel like another online debate is this movie a sports film. (laughs) No, maybe we'll debate that later. Maybe, who knows? Depending on who wins. We'll have to find out. You know what I noticed when he, uh, the dude was putting on his bowling shoes? Hmm. He's not wearing socks with them. <laughs> but I'm assuming they're his bowling shoes because they're a part of a league. Oh, that's true. But still. Hopefully. Yeah, it's gross. So this is when we are introduced to two of our other great characters in this film. Donnie, who is played by Steve Buscemi, mm-hmm. and Walter, who is played by John Goodman. Which I feel like we all know Donnie's and Walter's in yeah. our life. Like, we all know these people. I feel like I have been definitely a Donnie in some situations. Right? <laughs> like, not quite knowing what's going on, asking the questions at the yeah. wrong time, just kind of like, do-do-do, kind of. And then also in that same vein, like, taking from other people. And then you have Walter, who's like, we have to be by the books, but he's a hothead and he breaks the rules, but it's his rules, so they're okay. And then he just calms down. Is like, why are you angry? And he didn't lose his buddies and Nam for us to have our Die freedom. face down in the mud. He's such a fantastic character. This introduces the reoccurring joke throughout the film that whenever Donnie tries to chime in anything, especially Walter, like shoots him down. Shut up, Donnie. <laughs> Shut the f- up, Donnie. You're out of your element, Donnie. You're out of your element, Donnie. I don't know why Walter hates... Well, Donnie is kind of annoying. These rants that they have, especially in the bowling alley, are fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like when 
they're referring to the guys peeing on the rug and John Goodman's character, Walter, he this is super offended. Will not stand. <laughs> He's super offended by this and he will not take it. But he has lines too when the dude refers to the one thug as a Chinaman. He's I... like, whoa, whoa, that is not, not the common nomenclature. <laughs> For all of his rants, he's, I don't know. I don't want to say he's politically correct, but he's like, no, that, that won't stand. Oh, he is not politically correct. He is not correct. politically correct. There's a whole sequence of slurs he says later in the movie oh, that yeah. <laughs> is like, all blown out Whoa. of the water. And if you think about it, I was thinking about this watching the movie. I really think everything wrong in the Lebowski's life and everything that goes wrong is Walter's fault. Oh, hex, yeah. Because even though even though the the goon peed on the rug, it was Walter that put into his head, like, this aggression won't stand. You need to go to this Lebowski guy and demand money for the rug. And then it just spirals. Like, Walter's kind of a, a, a toxic friend. Yeah. If the rug is the main fuse that starts this fire, Walter is the bomb that keeps setting off <laughs> right. throughout this movie. It's like a grease fire when you put water on it. Yeah. Walter's the water. <laughs> Walter is the water. This, You know what's a funny fact about this movie? Mm -hmm. Is John Goodman has gone down to say out of all the roles he's played, this has been his favorite role to well, play. Well, I was thinking about that watching all of them. And then later when we meet the the minor character, Jesus... Yeah. Like, how do these how do these guys not crack up 24-7? Because I feel like they're having way too much fun with this movie. Which, mentioning Jesus, that makes me think of Coen Brothers' mainstay, John Turturro? Yeah, Turturro. So he's kind of a reoccurring actor in a lot of their movies. Yeah. He went on to say his role of Jesus when he saw it. He thought it was hilarious. He was all excited to play it. And he was a little bummed out that it wasn't a bigger character. Yeah, it is a very small character. But he had so much fun with it. You could tell. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they all did. Even, you know, kind of going a little bit further into the plot, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman playing the secretary. Yeah. Who's just wound so tight. Super tight. And so paranoid. Like, I feel like he had fun with this and showing him all the awards and then... The... I just love how it just as he's talking to him, he's saying things all proudly and you can just see him wincing every time he goes to touch something up on mm -hmm. the wall. And then, of course, you know, the dude confronts Mr. Lebowski and Mr. Lebowski shuts him down, which, I mean, he just lambasts the dude just annihilates him. And I love when he walks out, like, puts his sunglasses on, walks out, doesn't raise a fuss. And then Brant was like, so how did your meeting with Mr. Lebowski go? <laughs> the dude just comes out with, he said, I can take any rug in the house. And it's like, Great. smooth criminal. Love it. <laughs> During that meeting, that's when he coined... I am just the dude. I am his dudeness. You can call me that. And right. It's it's interesting because Jeff Lebowski, it he's very mysterious and he makes you wonder like how did he get into this circumstance? But it makes sense that somebody called the dude would be in this circumstance. Yeah, would be in this circumstance. And it's he's an interesting kind of character. And also too, we all know somebody like this. We, we may all have know an, a dude. <laughs> we all may have an uncle like this. Kind of doesn't play by the normal rules of society, but isn't trying to stick it to the man. It's just, they're, they're a tumbleweed. Right? Ooh, yeah, not metaphor. not quite like a, a leech on society, just kind of rolling with it. But can I say, mm -hmm. I absolutely 
hate the color of toenail polish that bunny is it, wearing. It's green. It is not like... And you know what green is? Horish. <laughs> Crossover. Oh, I hate... I hate the toenail polish that Bunny picks. Bunny. The worst. The worst. <laughs> I'll suck your for a thousand dollars. What? <laughs> I don't judge her for trying to make a living. I judge her for picking that hideous nail polish. Mm-hmm. I like when they're back at the bowling alley and... <laughs> oh, it's a Pomeranian. Walter brings that Pomeranian. <laughs> it's not about a Pomeranian. That's a Yorkie. Oh. <laughs> Pomeranians are the big fluffy ones. Oh. Huh. Whoops. But anyway, Which I just I love how he just lets it out and is just walking around. Right. And as they're leaving afterwards. Yeah. Does the dog make it back in the car? Because it's not in the crate. And well, they don't show him putting it in the car. He eventually makes it back in because. they see him later. You see him later in the movie. He plays in a very important role. Not really. but Although that whole sequence in the bowling alley is when Walter loses it and pulls the gun out on the other player. I'm like, Walter. <laughs> yep, we all know Walter. We all know Walter. And then, of course, I love that you see the cops pulling up and running into the bowling alley when they're, they're in the car. parked there. They're just in the car talking about stuff. No big deal. I feel like that is something that in other movies of the Coen brothers, I've noticed, is they have those small things going on where... Their movies are pretty fantastical, like very odd things, mysterious, almost magical things seem to happen in their movies. But then there's this sense of realism that might go on in the background to kind of make you think, oh, yeah, this is this is reality. This, this is reality. If you pull out a gun in a bowling alley, the police will probably show up when they're also sitting there in the bowling alley. We keep hearing the line that Walter keeps saying, am I wrong? Am I wrong? <laughs> He's waving a gun. No, any. No, you are right, Walter. Which that is something that the Coen brothers do is they I think of Oh Brother Where Art Thou and their lines, especially like on the paterfamilias, the lines that keep coming mm -hmm. up. And what I love about them is they're not afraid to say those lines over and over again. It's almost like they're trying to make them catchphrases. Yeah. But they say them so much where it's not just if you say a line once, it could become a classic line. Like I carried a watermelon. I'll be back. I'll be back. But in their movies, they seem to want to plant that in you hardcore by mm -hmm. saying lines several times over, such as like lines like, it really tied the room together, referring right. to the rug. I think they said it, it was written down here. Oh, they said it five different times in but the movie. But they referred to the rug 17 times, was that it? Something like that. Yeah, yeah it was, it's crazy. I also wonder how many white Russians were consumed in this movie, because this movie really makes me want a white Russian. Mm -hmm. I do not doubt they were real white Russians. Oh, I don't too. either. I don't either. Jeff Bridges, actually, do you know, did you know that for scenes before he would start them, he would ask them, is he high during this scene? Oh, and I... if he said, yeah, he would rub his eyes yeah. intensely to make his eyes look a little bit bloodshot for the scene. Don't you love when the dude gets pulled into... The big scheme that this movie has to offer. Yes. When the, they call him back. Yeah. It's about the rug. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the dude gets pulled into a intensely dramatic scene where Mr. Lebowski. Mm -hmm. um, has sequestered himself away in the, the West <laughs> Wing. <laughs> it's so dramatic. It's like playing. And he's sitting there by the fire just staring at in the In LA though. A fire in yeah. LA. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just added to the tension and i loved it because he's trying to be so serious talking about like what is a man which is he uh, said something about some sort like, of quote from castlevania or something 
He Do said, you get the reference? Not at all. Oh. He said something along the lines of like being vulnerable and emotional makes you a man. And yeah. the dude's like that and a pair of testicles. <laughs> I, I do love that scene where he's being all serious and the dude is just, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if I smoke a J? Right. <laughs> but that's, of course, when Mr. Lebowski recruits the dude to be the drop off person because Bunny is kidnapped. So he has to drop off a million dollars for them so the dude decides to not go in this plan which he was specifically told to he go had alone. to go in alone mm-hmm. he decides to recruit his friend walter which Big again mistake. if you think about it it's all walter's fault mm-hmm. but before walter and him go through with their master plan mm-hmm. we go back to the bowling and that's where we meet jesus Oh my gosh, that slow-mo scene of Jesus preparing to bowl. I just, how, how? It's artistic. And if you think about it, there's really no need for that character in this movie whatsoever. Mm-hmm. None. It, it, it's very important. You have to, in every sports movie, you have to set up that the rival. <laughs> yeah, the Cobra Kai, the Russians, you know, the team that goes against the Mighty Ducks, whoever they are. Right. The Icelanders, that's who it is. There you go. Search deep for that. But then the poor rug gets stolen away from him again. Yeah, as he's lying there on the ground. Listening Listening to bowling with headphones. The tech in this movie made me laugh. Like the giant old cell phone they give him with like its own like carrying case. Which we had one of those. We had one of those? those? Yeah, we we were very cool. Oh no, we didn't have one of those. But then the answering machine, Mm -hmm. um, the cassette tape as he's listening to bowling. And whale noises later in the movie. (laughs) Yes. With Mr. Bubbles in the background. Just like most of his retro belongings, they seem to all end up getting destroyed one way or another. I know, but he gets the rug stolen by a new set of goons, which we'll, you know, we'll learn that's Maud later. So another Coen brother trope is the Coen brothers like to pile up characters in their movie without really explaining who they are. Mm -hmm. And they have all these alternate storylines and somehow they kind of all get pulled together in the end. That's very uh, true. I feel like that's in several of their movies. Mm-hmm. This is also an occurrence where we can pull out our head trauma counter again. <laughs> Poor here. Dude. So, <laughs> dude gets socked in the face. You knocked out, knocked and then out. goes on a fabulous trip. This is the first of two wonderful dream sequences he goes on. Yes, flying with his bowling ball. And... Yeah, this one was very cartoonish. When yeah, he's flying with the bowling ball, and then he's falling to earth. And then the anxiety of the bowling ball rolling towards him. Mm-hmm. And do you know how they did that effect did of the ball? Did they put a camera in a bowling ball? No. What oh. they did was they had a camera and they had it on this little dolly that would just spin around down the alley. And that's how it gave that ball effect. And they had the end of it make it look like a bowling ball. So it was like, did they actually just put a, like a camera in a bowling ball? That's it. That would be... That'd be interesting, but the question would be is how would they get it so the hole would perfectly line up each time? True. I don't know. So at this point, the dude's down two rugs now. Yeah. Poor guy. Poor guy. And then this is where he decides to take Walter along, to which he's like, those are my undies, my whites, my dirty undies, because Walter's big plan, which is really simple. We put a fake bag out there. We have a ringer. We throw it. We give that to the goons. We grab them. And then we just go get her back and we keep the million dollars. Great plan, right? Walter. That can't go wrong. Well, when the dude says, how do we get them to tell us where Bunny is? His response is flawless, which is, we'll just beat the shit out of him. 
Because, <laughs> you know, Naturally. Walter was a nom, so he knows how to handle these these like, situations uh, these intense situations which of course i just have to say the poor dude has such a problem with pronouns because when they call and they say where do you want us to go and the other line's yelling at him like what do you mean us i'm like dude dude the dude, dude. just his use of pronouns but that whole sequence quickly unravels because of course they're not actually meeting anybody they're just throwing the bag well did you notice during that scene when Walter's getting all militaristic on him about the plan? Mm-hmm. Did you notice on the radio, it's Creedence Clearwater Revival. Oh, which I didn't. I feel like anything to do with Vietnam, any movie or even like a sequence in a movie that has to do with Vietnam, there's going to be a Creedence Clearwater Revival song. Yes. In it. It's going to either be Fortunate Man, mm-hmm. Run Through the Jungle, which is what this one was mm-hmm. using, but... I feel like that is definitely something you have to have if you refer to Vietnam in a movie. I'm really nervous because you are making some very specific trivia points in here that I'm like, if these aren't the questions, I'm screwed. Mm, Who knows? Um, We shall see. But But I did also want to say with the music, did you notice about the music that anytime you heard any songs going on in the background... Mm -hmm. At some point, the songs, this is something I read, and it made me go, oh, at some point, you noticed the song was actually coming from some sort of music source, whether it was a radio or the PA oh, system in yeah. the bowling alley. It, it might have not started like, that way, but it always ends up where it's like over the PA. Which I think goes back to like this fantastical realism that they have, mm-hmm. right? Although the whole sequence where Walter throws the ringer and then bails out of the car like don't you think <laughs> i love how he bails without fully explaining, fully explaining to the dude what he's gonna do yeah, and then why didn't he drive why didn't he let the dude drive why did he drive so he could jump out of the car exactly. with an uzi that's wrapped up and then the uzi goes off in the street and the dude and wrecks just the is car. rolling and injured from rolling <laughs> I feel like he thinks oh he's this gosh. action Vietnam hero, but he's actually in the body of John Goodman. Right. <laughs> he doesn't realize that. But it's just that whole sequence is like, wh- what were you thinking? Like, don't you think if part of your plan is to dive out of the car, number one, you shouldn't be the driver, but number two, you should have divulged that information. <laughs> and this is where I think the dude's just like, well, going back to the idea of, we all have a Walter in our life. Like, the dude is fed up. He can't believe this happens, but he's still his friend. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, and that's you know Walter. What? Walter goes in with such confidence, so you got to give him points for that. And at the end of all these plans that mess up, he always has kind of the same look on his face of, huh, who would have thought that went wrong? Huh, I guess it could have went wrong. Well, and then, of course, his line after is, dude let's go bowling yeah. as the dude is lamenting about the fact that her life was in our hands and he's like nah she's not kidnapped and that's when he i feel like he always doubles down it's mm-hmm. like okay so that didn't work but she's now all of a sudden the plan is well she wasn't really kidnapped to begin with even though they give her the toe the toe appears yeah. right that could be anyone's toe. Right, that's anybody's toe. He which could, he was right. He could get him a toe by the end of the day. By the end of the day. <laughs> Fingernail painted and all. Which I don't understand. I guess this wouldn't work because you find out jumping ahead a little bit. I remember when that happened, they ended up having the briefcase with the million dollars in it. 
I mean, it was the 90s, so you could do this a little bit easier than I think the 2000s and the 2020s where we're at right now. It's like, dude, I just would have taken the money and run. Oh, yeah. But like, of get course, off the grid and yeah. live a life of luxury with a million dollars. I know. Also, another thing that today a million dollars would get you through like three years and then you would be a then little... Then you'd be done. <laughs> then you'd but be if you live like the dude, he'd probably just be happy with like a stock of Kahlua vodka and half and half and bowling. That's a lot of Kahlua. All right, E, let's go ahead and take a quick break talking about the Big Lebowski and hear a quick word from one of our friends over at Pod Nation. Awesome, awesome. Okay, it's time to record the promo. What? Promo. The what? The promo. We should record a promo. I don't have the body for porno. No, a promo. Oh, guys, we should uh, we should record a uh, promo. Oh, that's a great idea. Hey, we're three hours later. I'm Matt. I'm Alex. And I'm Mike. We started this podcast because there's too much content in the world, and finding something worth your time could be a hassle. That's where we step in. Every week we listen, watch, or play something for up to three hours, and then we come back together to talk about it and see if it's possibly worth your time. Follow us on Twitter at the number three HRS underscore later. And our Facebook and Instagram, number three HRS later. And please give us a review on Podchaser and iTunes. And we have a Linktree link as well with everything else. Uh, link tr period ee or slash three hours later. Hey, that was a great idea, Mike. I hate you both. So those are our buds over at Three Hours Later. Woo! Podcast talking about all things pop culture. Woo! Bunch of friends just arguing about different things. Does this sound somewhat familiar? No, we're not uh, friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you do want to hear actual friends <laughs> go listen to Three Hours Later. Pop culture, go listen to Three Hours Later. Their podcast is fantastic. It's the one I tune into on a regular basis. Check them out today, wherever you get your podcasts. When they returned back to the bowling alley, did you notice that as Donnie's saying something, Walter goes to say, shut the f up, Donnie. But instead of finishing that statement, he goes, wait, what? Because he's talking about bowling, which is what's oh, important yeah. to Walter. Oh, no, I didn't catch that. Although when they walk out of the bowling alley to realize the dude's car is missing... I like to believe in my own little fan fiction alternate reality when Walter looks at the dude and says, dude, where's your car? Uh, that that's where the people that wrote that horrible movie, dude, where's your car? And maybe, what's his name? The actor in Dude, Where's My Car? Ashton Kutcher? Ashton Kutcher, yeah. Maybe he's the dude's son. <gasps> no way! And then he lives a life with sam elliott's character out in colorado and the end of the ranch you're gonna find out that that's not really sam elliott's really real son he just adopted him because sam elliott knew that the, the dude, dude had a son <gasps> yeah yeah i love this because he doesn't like ashton kutcher that much but mm -hmm. why does he tolerate them because he loves the dude and he always he says his dad's name on a daily basis dude where's my car i'm all for this <laughs> This theory. <laughs> this sounds like a Walter plan in the making. It's already <laughs> falling apart as we're starting to say right. the plan. Although Donnie does suck because at one point the phone is still ringing and he's like, oh, the phone's ringing. Like, no, <laughs> Donnie, we all know the phone's ringing. Like, we all have Donnie's in our lives. <laughs> Donnie is that Captain Obvious in our lives that it, it doesn't need to be said, Donnie, but thanks anyway. Right. This is when we are introduced to Julianne Moore's character, 
Maude Lebowski, mm-hmm. who is Mr. Lebowski's daughter. Yes. Yeah. And when we meet her, she calls the dude while he's getting interviewed by the police about who stole his car and his rug. And as soon as they're talking about the rug being stolen, she calls and says, I have your rug. And the police are like, oh, that's solved. That's solved. Yeah. (laughs) Which her zip lining naked to paint. We've all been there. We've all been there. (laughs) That is such a process. That's when you look at artwork and you think, I don't get it. And then you find out that they were zip lining naked. And you're like, I still don't get it, but I'm kind of okay with it now. Hey, all I know is I immediately got that that was all about feminism in that moment. So I'm I'm pretty deep. <laughs> Clearly. Speaking of deep, the, did you catch the name of the porno? Oh, the one they were watching? Yeah. Because no. she shows them that Bunny and the other guy are connected. And she's like, no, mm. she's not kidnapped. She's trying to get money. It's log jamming. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, Love that it. is such, such a horrible porno. Did you like how Maud like she threw down a really interesting fact where I was like, she's kind of right. Hmm. The whole line where she's talking about female anatomy versus male anatomy. Think about how many times guys will be like, yeah, my my big D, my this, that. And they'll be able to talk about it freely. But the moment you bring up vagina, people are like, <laughs> you can't Which say the like... vagina. What? It's so interesting if we're going on this mod feminist train, which I'm for. You can talk about balls and and penises and Johnsons and schlongs and all that. But yeah, but once you start talking about vaginas, it's like, no. So the dude by now has had like, what, pretty rough couple days. And all he wants to do is relax with his candles and his bubble bath and his roach clip and his joint and whale sounds. He's basically (laughs) between four different plots at this point. I know. All because somebody mistook him. And it's and this fire is being fed by Walter the whole time, too. So poor dude. Also, the dude, water, and bathrooms, they just don't end well. Yeah. Because this is when the, what, how many sets of goons have he visited? This is a third set of goons that break into his house. Mm-hmm. And they throw the ferret in the bathtub. Ferrets are, well, fer- I would be afraid if somebody threw a ferret in a bathtub, even if there wasn't water. Ferrets are terrifying. I, I love how he's so relaxed, too, as these men dressed in, like, dominatrix right. gear are <laughs> just walking into Latex. his house, destroying his whale tapes, and uh, just bringing their little pet, what do they call it, a little marmot? A little marmot. <laughs> that poor ferret, though. Poor nice Jeff marmot. Yeah. Poor the dude. Like, seriously, he should just stay out of the bathroom because mm-hmm. it just does not end well. Get it out, house. And then finally... They end up back at the bowling alley mm-hmm. at the bar. And Sam Elliott finally graces our screens. Which, where does he come from? Well, he's the narrator, so he's he can come narrator, from anywhere. He's the narrator, but it's like when you watch the scene, Donnie and Walter get up from the bar and they leave. And they mm-hmm. zoom in on the dude and then they zoom out and there's just Sam Elliott sitting there. And hello, power stash. Mm-hmm. Like that is a sash that is here to day seeing him i once again said the dude doesn't age he looks exactly wait, 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 be clear does the dude age or does oh, sam elliott there you sam go sam <laughs> elliott that stash it does not age no. his stash has looked a little different over the years he's gone from big handlebar tombstone looking to like mustache the, i call to... it the hulk hogan mustache this one yeah. came down the sides but I mean, the dude does not age he i think and the thing is is like if you look up younger pictures of sam elliott it doesn't make my lady parts tingle. Oh, 
But he old- makes my lady parts <laughs> tingle, and I don't even have them. <laughs> I love him, but it cracks me up. There's two things in this scene that crack me up. So of course, like the stranger is the character that Sam Elliott plays. The dude they have a conversation, but he orders a sarsaparilla. Sarsaparilla. But he doesn't drink it. Mm-hmm. And then did you notice? I feel like Sam Elliott forgot his blocking because he gets up, he walks to the left or like to the left of the screen, stops and then turns and goes the other way. Uh, did you not notice that? I didn't notice it that. It was like, and I wrote down, I was like, did Sam Elliott not remember where he was supposed to go? <laughs> like, nope, got to go this way. But Sam Elliott actually only was there for like two days of filming. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. He's only on screen for like, what, 10 minutes? Not even? Right. So that makes sense if his blocking wasn't fully down. So. Right, well, they're like, that way yeah. Elliott. <laughs> Which we finally get to the iconic sweater the lebowski look is established is this when he's in the car and he's driving along very under the influence with the joint and then yeah, he with the joint <laughs> and the beer <laughs> when he drops it and starts yelping and he's pouring the beer yeah kids kids that is why you don't drive under the influence it's not because you're high it's because dropping your joint can lead you to run into retaining walls i know because he noticed he's being followed Oh, yeah, by the Volkswagen. But I, well, which was the Volkswagen even there because he was high? Oh, oh, who knows? But I just, I love the, the yelping. <laughs> <laughs> which is when he finds the homework shoved in the car because, of course, his car was stolen and they got it back. Oh, yeah. And that's when you find the homework. And this is so, again, so random. And again, Walter goes and causes so much more problems. Mm hmm. Because they go to this kid's house. Well, before they go to the kid's house, Walter comes up with the plan. And where he tells them the plan is hilarious. I forgot earlier in the movie, the dude's landlord was talking about performance. And his his landlord is so sweet. And he's like, hey, dude, just to remind you, rent's due. Tent's coming up again. And he's so sweet. And he's like, if you can come see my show. I would love some notes because he finished his dance. Yeah. I love the interpretive dance I totally forgot when that scene started. I'm like, what are they watching? Mm -hmm. But then I remembered, oh, yeah, that's the landowner. Somebody, I can't remember if it's somebody I, I think it's somebody I knew in person recreated that. That's for like something. (laughs) They recreated that dance. That's absolute genius. I really want to go as like the big Lebowski for Halloween one. I will go as the landlord. (laughs) (laughs) But of course, that's where Walter comes up with the plan. He finds like Walter's scary. Like Walter pinpoints. This again is in the 90s before like social media and hunting people down was easy. Yeah, this is why. This is why you don't get on the bad side of strangers because you never know. Well, no, let's. This is why you don't a stranger in the. This is why we all have Walters in our lives and we put up with Walters in our lives because it's better to be on the good side of a Walter than on the bad side of the Walter. Because Walter tracks down this kids, finds out where he's lives, and is like, we're going to go shake him down for the million dollars because the money's missing out of the car when the dude gets his car back. But yeah, when he does his investigation, he finds out that he's the son of the guy who made the script for... What was the show? Branded, which was actually a real show. Oh, was it? But the character that was in the Iron Lung that we see. <laughs> so random. Like, do the Coen brothers do drugs? Are they just that creative? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. And then, of course, 
the Walter theory, the Walter, the Walter effect <laughs> takes place again. Yeah, we'll he, call it that. He overreacts and they go outside and they think the kids spent the money on a very expensive car. Yeah. Why, why does he teach them this lesson? This is the part I was falling asleep. Oh, <laughs> he teaches them the lesson that you don't a stranger in the. So you don't a stranger in the. <laughs> which on TV, which this movie, a lot of this movie, it's rated R, obviously. A lot of this movie, when it's oh, on TV, is it's, edited down oh, significantly. It's like, there's so much, like the whole mod painting scene is gone. Yeah. But <laughs> I love the how they convert this line in tv versions they say this is why you don't meet a stranger in the alps <laughs> they tried so hard mm-hmm. but then of course you know walter goes and bashes in the fur is it a ferrari uh, it's some fancy car yeah i'm, I'm not a car person beats really. the car up and they realize it's not the kids carts <laughs> and again walter's like i don't know what the problem is and so that dude who owns the car he then takes it out on the dude's car i know the dude's car represents the dude throughout this movie about how he just keeps getting beaten up and beaten down throughout this movie or maybe it's more like donnie oh i just realized think about it donnie keeps being put down throughout this movie until he is ultimately oh Oh, the car dies when donnie Maybe the Donnie and the car live together. A simultaneous existence. I wonder if the car was made yeah, the (laughs) same time that Donnie was born. And when it was burned, Donnie's light inside his heart went out. Oh. Interesting. Mm. See if you follow that theory, everyone. They still get in and out. Yeah. I do love that. No windshield. <laughs> because that was part of the plan. Because it lives near, the kid lives near in and out So Donnie, that was the part of the plan that he kept pointing out by the in and out burger. Yeah. They have good burgers, you know, Walter. So after that plan goes with all the hitches, the dude ends up back home. And once again, he gets stormed. But this time, he's prepared. He up, he's prepared. <laughs> he sets up his home security system, which consists of a plank of wood that he nails to the ground and a chair up against the door. Can't go wrong, right? Wrong. He put the chair on a door that goes out. Instead so, of in. <laughs> so when, what's the porn guy's name? Jackie Treehorn. Jackie Treehorn. When his goons, Asian American and uh, Lucifer from Supernatural, Supernatural come yes. in, they just open the door and the chair falls. And the dude's like, come on, guys. Mm-hmm. Do they knock him out? How does he get to? I was asleep. Oh, that's right. <laughs> no, he doesn't get to. No, they out. take him. They take him. So they take him to go meet him. And they go to his resort where house? there's like a party going on. Well, he's a porn star, so that's his house. Yes. And there's the bouncing boobies and <laughs> the dude in him, Longhorn Treehorn, whatever his name is. <laughs> I'll say it. I'll say it. They're just sitting there like talking about what's going on with Bunny and he wants to know where Bunny is because Bunny does owe him money and everybody had assumed it was him that had Bunny hostage, but find yeah. out he has he no does, idea where yeah. Bunny is. Then he roofies him. He roofies him. And then we get to gutter balls. <laughs> the second sequence. Which I think gutter balls should be nominated in and of itself for awards. Mm-hmm. It's just, I love it. <laughs> Also, I want to know if there was a choreographer, if that's all Jeff Bridges. 
this scene, it was the culmination of everything that's happened in this movie. Everything was a reference to something else that happened already in the storyline. But I think you are so right. This scene is such a classic in cinema that you might not like The Big Lebowski. It's kind but of a cult classic. that scene is just hilarious. But that sequence is hilarious and great. Just and dancing down the stairs. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> and it might not be the most cinematographic. Oh, I think it's beautiful. Yeah, I think it is too, personally. Mm-hmm. But of course, it runs, you know, it ends with him having that bad trip and then police brutality. Yeah. He ends <laughs> up at the Malibu Police Department and they kind of say, yeah, like... He's a big supporter of this neighborhood and he's really good for the community. So you back off. And when. He threw a coffee cup at his head. Yeah. So <laughs> head trauma counter. Poor guy. Oh, we forgot the head trauma counter when he passed out and he hit his head on the table when he got roofied. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when he was going on to say very slowly about them peeing on the carpet and how it really Dude. tied the room together <laughs> although if you think about it him getting knocked out him getting roofied considering the fact that he's a product of the 60s and the 70s and later mentions acid flashbacks getting knocked out is probably like his brain going oh thank you i can take a break <laughs> And then the poor dude, like, this is definitely before Uber because I don't know what he had against the Eagles, but the Eagles are playing in the taxi cab. <laughs> the taxi driver was like, nope, f- you, and just, like, chucks him out of the car. This is well before Uber ratings. Taxi the, drivers had the power. The funny fact about that is, is the guy who chose the music for this movie, which the Coen brothers, I feel like when you think of... Some of their movies, I think of the soundtracks because of The Big Lebowski and Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Because mm-hmm. Oh Brother Where Art Thou, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, award-winning soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It won a bunch of awards. The Big Lebowski has a very interesting soundtrack that I love. And an interesting fact about it was, was it wasn't them who picked the music. They actually hired out. And the guy who picked the music, he had a grudge against the Eagles and was not a huge oh. fan of him. But... Jeff Bridges was at a party one time and Glenn Fry of the Eagles, may he rest in peace, he went up to Jeff Bridges and he was kind of upset. Like, why, you why did you me? say that line? Because he was assuming it was improvised or something. And Jeff Bridges was like, no, I actually really dig you guys. You're fantastic. But it made them feel bad. We have to talk about the real star of these scenes. And that is the drug rug. The sweater. That is draped across Jeff Bridges' shoulders. And you know who needs to talk about that drug rug? Who desperately needs to talk about it? Who talks about it? Who talks about fashion more than our resident model, Stefan? So take it away, Stefan. Fashion. So model. Well, Stefan, I have a little bit better a movie for you to comment on. Oh, good. Hello, everyone. It is I, Stefan, the model. Hello. It is so good to see you again, E. Thank you. So, oh, what movie are we covering this time? Please don't tell me we are covering another trash film. <laughs> well, it's the second movie in the fifth. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm out. <laughs> we are watching The Big Lebowski this week. Ooh, the big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. You know what they the say dude. about his Lebowski. <laughs> anyway, I would like to talk about the dude's drug rug. That sweater. That sweater. We all have one, and if we don't, we all want one. 
Don't say you don't want it on those cold winter nights, even when you live in an area where cold winter nights consists of 77 degree <laughs> and sunny LA. in LA, Los Angeles, as Sam Elliott says. You want to wear that drug rug because it looks so cozy. Whether it smells like Mary J, it is not necessary, but a little bonus that might help you enjoy it even more if that is your tune. I'm going to give this drug rug a so model. Mm. All right, that is your fashion tip of the day. Till next time, toodaloo. So is he a fan of it? He loved it. Oh, Who doesn't love that sweater? Did he say it was? What, what's he say? So it's so model. so fashionable. So is that how, what he said? So model. Oh. Okay. Although I have to say, like the dude just being chill. I mean, he's overreact. He's gotten upset over a few things, but of course, then he finally gets back home and Maud seduces him, which didn't take much. It was just <laughs> love me, love me, and her robe with nothing underneath it. And she's like pulling her knees up to her chest. <laughs> As they're just talking to each other. Yeah. And the dude's like, what is that yoga? And I just love his reaction. She goes, no, I'm trying to conceive. And his reaction is just to spit the white Russian out. And then she explains like, I want nothing other from you than just to have a child. I want nothing to do with you. And then he was like, all right, cool. And keeps going. Yeah, whatever. But this is when I realized that the big lebowski is not a sports movie it's a mystery movie hmm. because maude tells him like the money isn't her father's it's the foundation he's broke and then the dude's like oh my gosh it's not bunny who kidnapped herself it's the guy and it's like all the pieces are falling into place so it's totally a mystery movie and the dude starts figuring this all out and he bumps into the private investigator who finds like who does not need to be in this movie, no. really, if you think about it. Right. Because he's was... trying to get Bunny to go home. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, why are you even here? Yeah. Uh, like, when this happened, I'd forgot from the last time I watched this movie, because this isn't the first time. Mm -hmm. This was one of those movies I feel like I saw parts of it so many times, yes. but never watched the entire movie for the longest time. Mm -hmm. Finally, when we did watch it, I remembered now the thought that I had last time of why do they even need to put that part I in it? I feel like the Coen brothers owe people, so they just have to make small little cameo roles. Yeah, that, that was the one portion of this movie where I'm like, I don't understand it. It could have been lost and it would have made the runtime a little bit shorter, yeah. which the runtime of this movie seemed a little long. What's crazy is it's not as long as Fifty Shades of Grey. It's at this point that the dude as he's putting it all together, finally decides, what do I need to do? I need to go confront this Mr. Lebowski. But mm -hmm. before I confront him, you know who I need to bring? The guy who's messed up every play in this movie so far. So he goes and grabs Walter, who has to bring that Pomeranian with him. <laughs> yes. Which, my new favorite line, I don't know what it is, <laughs> my new favorite line i don't know what it is well, i don't know what it means but i know what it means when the dude confronts mr lebowski and calls him a paraquat <laughs> human paraquat what is a paraquat i actually found out paraquat is basically something that was sprayed on 
uh, some marijuana to kill it. It's a <laughs> pesticide. And people that had the marijuana that they sprayed this on in... Okay, here, this is this is what happened. Okay. There was this marijuana farm that was producing a lot of marijuana and sending it to the United States. And as part of the war on drugs, mm -hmm. they tried to destroy these marijuana farms by dumping this paraquat on it to kill it. But before it died, they harvested all the marijuana and distributed it. So all these people got marijuana that had pesticides in it. it they found out it actually didn't really kill anybody, but it made people really sick. Mm. And so it's reference to a pesticide. That is what yeah, it means. human paraquat. I'm going <laughs> to use that now. I love it. And then, of course, you find out that bunny's back and... Yeah. And it was all a ploy. So, of course, Walter needs to escalate the issue. And he goes up to Mr. Lebowski and he points out to him. <laughs> You're not really. <laughs> he's like, I've seen spinals before. And this guy, he could walk. I've never been sure, more sure of anything in my life. So he goes up to Mr. Lebowski, like picks him up, does like kind of like a like an F5, like Brock Lesnar style. Yeah, and he falls to the floor and just cries and then I leave. I love when the dog runs up to him and it just starts like licking him because I've been in that situation where I've been injured and my dog runs up to me and instead of like going to get help like Lassie would, oh, no, it starts licking you in the face care. like, oh, this is a great time for me to lick you in the in the eyeball. Mm -hmm. And I love how he just shoves the dog away. Go away. So yeah, they get out of there. And they go. Bowling. Yes. Because that's what they do whenever they're in a pinch. Which this time when they go to the bowling alley, because pretty much every time they go back to the bowling alley, it starts off with Donnie throwing the ball and getting a strike and then saying something really cheesy to somebody like, mm -hmm. oh, you guys are in trouble tonight. I'm throwing rocks today. This time he got a spare. And this is like the big dramatic scene in this movie where I was so sad for him because the look on his face is just so pathetic. He's just like, today's not going to be a good day. Oh, you're so right, Donnie. You're so right, Donnie. So right, Donnie. Then, of course, they leave and the Autobahn goons are out there. And it's Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I love that. I love they They keep saying the same things to them about getting the money to them. I, I don't really even understand how they got mixed up in all either. this. But they keep saying, give us the money. No funny business. They're burning his car. But and... I love when they refer to the toe that was cut off that was sent to Mr. Lebowski as a ransom mm -hmm. ordeal. They point out that it was his girlfriend's toe. And they, when the plan starts unraveling and Walter kind of points out to him that they're not scared of them anymore, they got nothing on them, Donnie and <laughs> the dude cash. start counting their cash, just give them the money that they have to have them leave them alone because they don't want their testicles cut off. But... Walter stands his ground as he says he will. Which I said, you need to have a Walter on your side. And I love the line that Flea says during that time when he points out, they cut off his, we cut off his girlfriend's toe. It's not fair. <laughs> Give us the money. Which also, why would you jump bowlers? They have weapons. Yeah. Which they use. Like they beat the crap out of, well, Walter beats the crap out of the guys with the bowling ball. And then he straight up Mike Tyson's the one dude and just bites his ear off. Yeah. Which, is that a head trauma? Nah. Yeah, he, Mike Tyson's his ear and then he triple H's the ear up into the air. It's 
spits it out. Then he knocks out the other guy. Walter finally saves the day. But unfortunately, in the background, what's this? Donnie's on the ground? Was he shot? No, he's just having a heart attack because apparently Steve Buscemi can't live through a movie. Or is it just the Coen brothers? Doesn't somebody always have to die in one of their movies? Maybe. But Steve Buscemi is one of those actors and actresses that he's got to go. He's got to go. <laughs> he doesn't really hold the title of most deaths. He's, he's no Sean Bean, but he's, he's up there. He, he he's died dies. in many a films. But yeah, we go on to find out when Donnie's we see dead. Walter and the dude, yeah, Donnie's dead. Which I think Walter's reaction to the funeral home charging them so much money for the urn is very warranted. Oh, yeah. Because it shouldn't cost that much money. They just go get a Folgers can to put him in. <laughs> oh, it's so sad. And then they go out to that cliffside and Walter has this big speech about Donnie fighting the good fight and about how he's going to bring him to the beautiful Pacific Ocean just like he would love and where he would want mm -hmm. to be. And when he dumps out the ashes, they all blow landside right into the and dude. And the dude just stands there and takes it. <laughs> oh, I think the dude, like the ashes is another iconic image of him just getting covered in it. And then that's when he finally gets mad at Walter. And I love that And Walter part. finally, this is the first time when a plan doesn't go according to Walter's yeah, and he's Idea. generally sorry about the ashes. Yeah. But did you catch when the dude is kind of berating Walter that he like sorts, he like kind of reaches out to him, like to either brush him off or give him a hug yeah. and he just puts his arms back down? Walter's so sad in his little shorts there. And he's just like, I'm sorry, dude. Sorry. Although I think once in my life, just once in my life, I'd like a hug from John Goodman. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's a make-a-wish thing. Yeah, like I just want to... Need make a wish. It's not like I'm dying, but it's just one of those things where it's like I would just like. I just if I, I could have hug, one thing. Just want a hug from John Goodman. Just, <laughs> just once in my life. Just once in my life. That's, that's all I want. Big goals. Big goals mm -hmm. for this one. Okay, but who is Sam Elliott talking to? Yeah. And how does he know the story? Because he's the omniscient narrator, and the dude sees him because he is, what e the dude. <laughs> I didn't. I had no idea where you were going with that. <laughs> and the dude abides on that note and that is the end of our film what a wacky crazy ride love it one last thing before we head out of the peanut gallery yeah i wrote the note about how sam elliott after the dude says that line the dude abides he says i take comfort in that and i said i take comfort in sam elliott's voice Oh, I would listen to and, Sam Elliott. Yeah, and then he's like, sorry, I'm rambling. And I'm like, no. No, no, please. Please, 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 please. ramble. <laughs> Continue on. Continue rambling. You're just I just want to picture that mustache riding those velvety tones. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm Oh, yes. All right, E, before we hop into our next few segments, let's go over the posts from last week's movie, Fifty Shades of Grey. Do we have to? We do. <laughs> so... Because of this movie being the turd pile that it was. Um, <laughs> you mean our... the, the steaming pile of <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that. Like, the majority of our responses were negative. There were some folks that I feel like do like this movie. And when Should we get to the... seek help. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The first question was, what is your favorite or least favorite scene from Fifty Shades of Grey? Favorite is when it ended. Least favorite is the whole movie. Some people followed your line of thought there. <laughs> When it ended. 
Friends and Flares, our friends over at Pod Nation, said, I haven't seen it myself, but after listening to your episode, I'm going to go with I'm 50 Shades of oh god bring on the weird another pod nation friend said i don't know if it was this one or one of the other movies but isn't there a scene where jamie dornan's irish accent slips out in the movie and somehow everyone just let it go that's pretty funny do you remember that i don't remember that i mean i was comatose most of it yeah i felt like in clockwork orange where they glue the guy's eyes open and they like hold it open like that's what i feel like watching this movie i understand that reference said have not and will not watch. I'll never understand that particular reference. <laughs> Good luck sleeping podcast. A Pod Nation friend said, my favorite part about this movie is that it's actually Twilight fan fiction. The Movie Journey podcast said, my favorite scene was, end credits. <laughs> nice, mine too. Our next question was, what is the worst line from Fifty Shades of Grey? All of them. On Instagram, <laughs> Jamie Kennedy said, I don't make love, I just really hard like what (laughs) like what yeah exactly why didn't she run away like i know this is not the point but god if a guy said that to you i'd throat punch him and leave Mm -hmm. h2o advance said every line from janie dornan all of them you forgot all of them from everyone on that screen yeah the cinema trap said oh gosh every line lmao so yes on twitter Cinematic Adventure said, I'm 50 shades of Yeah, that's pretty bad. Cage's Kisses said, on Broomflix, which is another one of their podcasts, I talked about reading this dumb book because I had to see what the fuss was all about. She keeps reusing the word mutter instead of getting annoyed. I made a game out of it. I read the sentence aloud to Carlos Chaos and replaced it with queef. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I want to reread the book now. And two sips in said, better yet, can anyone remember a quote from this movie? What is a book like? <laughs> Next question. What do you think of Fifty Shades of Grey? On Instagram, the DVD collector 99 said, it's hot. Fire, fire, fire. Nothing Canada gave it four thumbs down. And T from our Ghostbuster episode said two thumbs way down. Way down. On Twitter, our poll came back as such. The highest voted was Never seen it at 53%. God bless you all. So 53% of people out there have been spared. The lowest was 11% said it's okay. 19% said hate it. And then 17% said they loved it. So that was close. I questioned. There was a while where people were saying love it more than anything else. I was like, what? No. (laughs) What's wrong with Twitter? Oh, yeah, a lot. To each their own, I suppose. Not this, not this. Next question. What are your thoughts on Christian Grey? Romantic? Or serial killer. Serial killer. On Instagram, the real spiel said, "Defo serial killer." I can't stand this franchise. And T said, "Serial killer full shizzle." Full shizzle. On Facebook, Michael said, "Super serial." And on Twitter, our poll came up: seventy-six percent serial killer, twenty-four <laughs> percent romantic. <laughs> yep. You crazy. I used to watch this. A Pod Nation friend said, never saw any of the movies, but I am sure he's a murderer. 100%. And uh, another Pod Nation friend, three hours later, said, same. Same. Eat Crime Podcast said, not sure I even finished the first movie, but anyone who makes you sign a contract before entering a room in their house or a relationship (laughs) with them is automatically a serial killer. (laughs) 
a very good serial killer because then he has legal precedent to say you agreed to this willingly. Right? Like, I, I don't know what the big fuss <gasps> is about. That would be such a good spinoff. Like the contract killer. But not, mm. yeah, like, well, they signed the document. I can't nice. help it that they didn't use their safe word when I was choking them to death. Our last question was, are you a dominant or a submissive? <laughs> I'm afraid to know these answers. Well, there weren't a lot of answers out there. This was That's kind of a, a quiet question. question, right? But on Twitter, our poll came back with 56% said dominant and 44% said submissive. So Interesting. Hmm. So that was all of our questions from Fifty Shades of Grey. Make sure to join us on our questions this week for the movie The Big Lebowski on Twitter at WSW Watch Podcast and on Facebook and Instagram at What Should We Watch Podcast. They'll be much more appropriate. I'm sure. So, E. Mm-hmm. Now that we're out of the peanut gallery, mm-hmm. let's go ahead into our segment, I Hate It When They Fight. <laughs> Before we go over this week's fight, let's go over last week's fight, E, to decide who will come up with a question for this week. So, as part of this segment, how it goes is we have a question or some sort of debate that the two of us go over and based on the responses that we get on social media, one of us gets to decide a question based on the movie we watched this week, and then we fight out who is right. And whoever is right gets to take home the who is always right belt. I haven't had it in so long. I you haven't? It. I've been on quite a streak here. Last week's question from Fifty Shades of Grey came from yours truly. The question was, what living male actor should have portrayed Christian Grey in Fifty Shades of Grey? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pull up social media here. Okay. Let's start with Instagram. So on Instagram, E, we had, oh, doesn't look good for you so far. It looks like Alexander Skazgard <sighs> came out on I top there. It. So I said Alexander Skazgard. You said Idris Alba. Mm-hmm. On Facebook, looks like Idris Alba took the lead on Facebook <gasps> here. I'm winning. And we had some comments. CJ on Facebook said, if Idris Elba played Christian Grey, I would never leave my house again. <laughs> and Rachel said, Scars, fire. Mm-hmm. On Twitter. All right. This is going to clench it here, E. Uh, so. So close. Elba had it on Facebook. Skazgard had it on Instagram. On Twitter, with 71% of the vote, the winner is Alexander Skazgard, which was my pick. <laughs> So thank you, Twitterverse. Oh, I win yet again. Will you ever win again, E? No. I like these new rules. They're making it so I hold the crown. I know. For a very long period of time. New rules that you made up. True. Hmm. <laughs> a few folks on Twitter did have to say some things. Retro Wrestling Review just pointed out that movie is mom porn. Friends and Flares said Alexander Skazgard's role in Big Little Lies is proof enough that he would have been better suited for this role who knows? It may have been a better movie for it. Exactly my point. Mm-hmm. Ruthie Wren said, a different set of actors couldn't fix what was wrong with that trash fire of a film, book series, LMAO. All right. So that means I get to choose the question for this week. Which is? So before I give you the question, this movie is labeled as a cult comedy thriller, is what okay. it's officially labeled as. But... I'm going to go with the question that we brought up mm-hmm. a little bit earlier. 
What is this movie truly? Ooh. Is it a sports film or is it a mystery whodunit film? So there's only two options. Since I won last week, I get to choose first. Okay. And I'm going to go with it's a sports film. Okay. So that leaves you with the mystery whodunit. I will once again let ladies go first, so uh -uh. I'll give you 30 seconds to state your case. I don't want to go first. Well, I get to choose. I don't want to. Maybe if you win, you could choose. <laughs> ah, no! Maybe you won for once in your life. <laughs> Push the button. Here we go. All right. If it's a sports movie, then I feel like the sport has to be the center of the movie. For them, yes, bowling is important, but it doesn't, it's not like a Mighty Ducks where you follow the rise and fall of this team. It's not like we see them go to tournaments. It's just there as like a piece and a prop and a scene and an environment and, an, and a habit. It's a mystery movie because the whole movie centers around who done it, who kidnapped who, who has the money, who doesn't have the money, now who wants the money, who's after the Lebowski, and what about the guy's poor rug? Right, man, you took most of your stance to put down my fish here. I am here. trying. Rude. <laughs> All right, we'll start. All right, so this is totally a sports film. Anyone who watches any sports films know it has a enemy that you're fighting, and the enemy is people who pee on your rug. And who peed on the dude's rug? Oh my gosh, I'm stumbling here. <laughs> Who beat on the dude's rug? Everybody else that's trying to keep him, Donnie, and Walter from bowling. So that's what this whole movie is about. It's about bowling. I'm going to stop you there. <laughs> oh, gosh. You had two seconds left. I'm going to start the I timer for our two stumbling. minutes debate. Okay. So I might not have really gotten my point across fully, but let's see how this goes in the argument. So now we get two minutes on the clock to fight it out. Let's get it on. You said they don't get to go bowling because a guy pees on his rug. They're bowling 24-7. Nothing has disrupted their bowling. Well, nothing has disrupted their bowling. They always return to bowling, which goes to prove that nothing can stop the bowler the inside of them. the movie is not about the sports team because you don't see them go to tournaments. You don't see them actually playing. They're doing the tournament the have, whole movie. You don't have the epic sports montage of them coming up from the underdogs. Like, think of Rudy and think of Mighty Ducks and think of We Are the Titans. Like, yeah. it all centers around. What does this movie center around? Bowling or the dude's rug getting peed on, and then that whole whodunit mystery. Nope, definitely bowling, because the movie starts and ends in the bowling alley. Does it matter if it starts and ends in the bowling alley? It's it's so important to this plot, because... If you took... If you everything took that's out going on yeah. is stopping them from bowling. They bowl! Which is exactly like the plot of Mighty Ducks, if you think <laughs> about it. What is stopping them from... Uh, doing the sport thing? Okay. <laughs> What's not never doing the sport thing? Real no, life. No, you know what no, happens in real no. life? People. No, no. <laughs> strangers no. If them. you took, if you took everything out but the bowling, what would you have? Just one shot of them bowling, because every time they're at the bowling alley, you have a movie alley, that had no glue to hold it together. And the, when they're at the bowling alley, what are they talking about? They are talking about the situation the dude got in. They're not talking about bowling all the time, and they still bowl and they Along still have a good lines, time. Along those lines, when it are the best lines being movie? said? It's during the bowling scenes. During a scene 
mean? Am I wrong? No. Am I wrong? No, See? because that the best exactly. lines happened in the dude's bathroom. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Okay, that was the best line. So back your train up, sir. This is a mystery movie because no, you don't all, know what you're talking about, Donnie. You're totally You you're shut all... the f- up, Donnie. <laughs> oh, I hurt myself. <laughs> You want to win hard this <laughs> week, don't you? I'm so bad. I think I pulled a muscle. <laughs> I hate this. All right. So I will give you the 10 seconds to state your case. Final arguments. 10 seconds on the clock. The whole plot is trying to figure out who peed on his rug, who stole Bunny, who has the money, and why the dude is involved. Bowling is a backdrop. Okay. That means I get five seconds to mm-hmm. say my point. Where are all the dream sequences focused around? Bowling. Bowling is the answer to all. <laughs> all right. So you get to take a stance and join the fun on social media. You can either join us on Twitter at WSW Watch Podcast and fill out our poll there on which side you want to sit on is this movie a mystery whodunit or is it a sports film which is the correct answer and i just want to take this moment kind people to say i just i really want this i just i really want to win i want to keep holding the belt i i need a belt around my waist my my pants keep falling down and it feels good around my waist just please or you can go to Instagram or Facebook at What Should We Watch podcast to fill in your answer there. I, I need this. He's really mean. All right. Well, do you want to continue being mean and pick questions that aren't related to the movie to ask me about? I sure do. How many of those do you have? A few. Ah, that's not fair. Uh-huh. We're going to get divorced, aren't we? Probably. (laughs) And you know what that all means? We're going to all head into our segment, Were You Paying Attention? Cue that music. Before we get into this week's quiz, Mm -hmm. let's go over the winner of last week's Were You Paying Attention Challenge. Ooh. So our question was, what is the song that's playing while Anastasia Steele is making pancakes in the morning? What's the song that's playing post-coital in the background? Post-coital pancakes. Oh, post-coital pancakes. That's, that's important. right. important. And the winner with Beast of Burden by the Rolling Stones is Friends and Flares. So congratulations, guys. That means you watched this movie. <laughs> that's unfortunate. Or Wait. you were smart enough to just Google the answer. I think they did that because they did previously mention their other posts that they haven't watched it yet. So, okay, you're still safe. But well done, friends and flares. Make sure to check them out. Their podcast, their D&D podcast, they have a wonderful story. Um, they're doing some small little mini episodes here as of late. So make sure to check them out today wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, you ready for my questions? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm defeated. All right. So I have 12 questions. How many of them? Oh, God. Bless okay, we're going to go through all 12 questions. Two uh. bonus questions. Okay. First question What city did Mr. Lebowski have the key to? Pasadena. Correct. <laughs> Next question What was the name of the bowler Walter pulled a gun on? Lily? No. Can I have a clue? What does his name start with? It starts with an S. Sam. No. Your clue is... Steve. 
there's John. there's a Simon. mountain range named after Sierra. him. <laughs> Simon. Nope. Simon, Simon Mountain Range. <laughs> um, Simone. No. <laughs> no. All right. The answer is Smokey. Oh, yeah. Okay. Next question. What tapes got left in the car in the tape deck after it was found? Was it A, Zeppelin tapes, B, Credence tapes, C, Floyd tapes, or D, Dead tapes? This was another reoccurring line. Everybody kept saying it. Do you remember the scene where the car got taken away or stolen? Zeppelin. No. Dead tapes. No. Credence, collateral. Yeah. First time. First try. So before and after the car was taken, you heard Creedence Clearwater Revival was playing. Oh, because. Wait, no. See, that was worded differently. Hmm? I was thinking, what did the kid leave in the car? Oh, what? Misleading question. Uh, no, I that think you just confused count. yourself. That one doesn't count. I it was poorly worded. All right, it doesn't count according to our judge. <laughs> I'm judge. Andrew. Unfortunately, she is the judge Andrew. <laughs> I mean. All right. Next question. Mm-hmm. What is the doctor that the dude sees according to Maud Lebowski? A good man. And. A friend. No. Think about the line she says. Thorough. Yes, yes. correct. <laughs> He's a good man and thorough. Yes, and you won't have a boo. What is the name of the band the Germans are in? Autobahn. Correct. <laughs> I feel like that was one of the moments you noticed when he pulled out the album by them. Mm-hmm. I might have leaned over to the side oh, and no, started I've, typing no, it out. I didn't. Yeah. Next question. Mm-hmm. Does the dude ever throw a bowling ball in this movie? No. Correct. He actually never throws a bowling ball. That would have been so good for the fight. What? The dude never bowls. Oh, to use. Well, can't use it now. People will still hear it. Too bad. People will still hear it. Hear the truth. Even the one scene he held a bowling ball, he handed it to Maud during the second sequence, the gutter ball sequence. He handed it to her and just helped her throw it. So, yeah, he never threw a bowling ball. Shoot, I, I just realized that that could have hurt my... Uh, was... it. All right, next question. Yes. What is the only form of ID the dude has? It was like a savings card. You're going to have to be specific. No, I do not have to be specific. No, you it tell me. It was gold and it had red lettering on it and it Whoa. was a savings card from the grocery store he went to. You get points for that because that's very specific. It's Rouse Value Club card. So, all right, I'll give it to you. Better. Not Mike Tyson you. <laughs> Next question. What tour was the dude a roadie for? Metallica. Alright, that is correct, but could you name the actual tour? No, don't make me name the actual tour. He said speed of sound. <laughs> I'm sick. I'm sick. <laughs> it's the speed of sound tour and the band members of Metallica, unlike Glenn Fry, went on to find Jeff Bridges and point out that they love that line. Mm. When he points out that they all suck and they're all a-holes, <laughs> they actually refer to it during one of their concerts. I've heard a rumor that they are difficult. Really? hmm Well, they really enjoyed the reference here and they were like, yeah, we're a-holes. Next question. Name three Coen Brother movies besides The Big Lebowski. 
Fargo, No Country for Old Men, and um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yes, correct. I was I was name dropping a bunch throughout here, but I uh, I'm gonna drop I'll give a point for you, even though I helped you out a lot. For <gasps> anyway, <sighs> next question. Saucy mother. <laughs> <laughs> Who gives the dude his bowling shoes in the second sequence gutter bowl? Maud. No. <gasps> Saddam Hussein. Correct, yeah. Saddam Hussein. All right, next question. What is the name on the front of the Medina Saad shirt that the dude is wearing at the end of the film? There's a pocket with a bowling ball on it. Yep, and it has a name. Sam. Nope. Jim. Nope. John. Nope. George. No. Steve. No. Frank. No. Fred. No. <laughs> Jimmy. The answer. The answer. <laughs> the answer is Art. I would have gotten there. <laughs> Which the funny story behind that is that shirt is actually from Medina, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And it's somehow, they actually tracked it down to a guy who had owned it in Medina, and Medina Saad was the name of the league he was in, mm. or the team he was on in a bowling league he was in, and that shirt ended up in a thrift store in California that nice. they used for the movie. All right, and the last question, which you will get, what is the receptacle... They carry Donnie's ashes in. A Folgers coffee can. Correct. So well done. You actually did really well. I feel like you set me up for failure. What do you mean? <laughs> We're getting divorced. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Now that we've quizzed and fought, it is now time to say our goodbyes. But before we do... Let's go over our review of The Big Lebowski. Oh, yeah. E, would you like to start? No, I want you to start. Okay. This movie, like many of Coen Brothers' films, has me laughing out loud at many moments. It's just full of such great lines and such great characters. It's something that I had not watched in its entirety until fairly recently. And now that I have, it's something that I'll keep coming back to over and over again and still laughing just as hard. And who knows, maybe even laughing even harder yeah. at the same lines that come up time and time again. So I'm going to have to say about this movie that it was far out, far out. <laughs> well, I agree. I think it's one of those movies where there's so many quick little one-liners and smart, witty jokes that I forget about them. And then I'm pleasantly reminded about them. It's just one of those movies where you're like, this doesn't make sense. This shouldn't be this good, but I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. So I definitely recommend this movie. And I give this a perfect strike. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. See what I did there? I'm at a bowling pun. Which makes my answer to our debate the correct one. Bowling pun is not the same as a bowling movie. All right. So E, should they watch this? Absolutely me yes from me definitely so now that we've wrapped up this week e do you want to let them all know what our 20th <gasps> movie is going to be oh it's a big deal well i had an apostrophe i think you mean an epiphany lightning struck my brain that must have hurt it did but i was gonna choose hook with robin williams hook hook there's a hook. Which I know that's been people say they love that movie or they hate that movie. So I think that would be interesting. And of course, it's Robin Williams. I 
Love it. I love Hook. I think it's a really interesting take on Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. And it's a Steven Spielberg film, so... Oh! Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? No. Yeah. That's and it's cool. got John Williams music in it. It's yeah. got all the things that it's make a great film. all the things. All the things. Plus, did you know they had to shave Robin Williams through this movie? Well, we'll find out more about that right. next time. So make sure to join us on Facebook and Instagram at What Should We Watch Podcast and join us on Twitter at WSW Watch Podcast to continue having fun. Just to let everybody know, we are going on a little trip here this week. Mm -hmm. So our next episode is going to be another week delayed. It will be three weeks until our next episode, which will be on Hook. And then after that, we will do our bonus episode for the last 10 episodes. Nice. All right. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Spread love. That's what the dude would want. And you know what they say, the dude abides. I wish we had Sam Elliott. I know, can like, we get him? Calling us off here. <laughs> no, look at me, I'm just rambling. <laughs> Not as good as him. Not as good as him. All right. All right. We love you all. We'll see ya, hear ya, talk to you all next time. I keep messing up. Okay. Love you all. Bye. You know, this rug in here is really nice. It really ties the room together. Let it go. Bowling.